Do you realize something? That what we are doing right now in this place for the last 15 minutes is a dying art. Churches aren't doing this anymore. Churches aren't trying to do this anymore. They're simply trying to make it as good as they can for as short as they can. And they really don't care about the Holy Ghost moving as much as they are caring about the people being comfortable being there. And so they're trying to entertain in this type service where we've come here tonight we've got no agenda we've got no singing we've got nothing to do we're just here trying to follow this doesn't happen but i don't know where the quote originated from i've heard many people use it and so i use it and i don't know who to credit it for but i like it it says i was born in the fire and i can't live in the smoke Those of you that go back many years from, can go back 20, 25, 30 years in the history of this church. Stuff like this wasn't, wasn't, uh, 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 was a normal occurrence. It, it happened frequently. There was a move of the Holy Ghost, but there's been a lot of things and not, they're not good or bad. It just things happen and we kind of start moving away from that and start to get a little bit deeper in other things and, and we start to lose what God wants to do in a situation like this. You can't have a book of Acts experience without a book of Acts hunger. I tell you, here we go. Ready? Here's our mantra. You ready? Acts 2 verse 37. And now when they heard this, they were picked in the heart and said one to another, said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the mission of your sin, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promises unto you and to your children, and to all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves to this untoward generation, and gladly. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls, Verse 42, and they continued. Continued. Thank you for helping me out, Brother Tino. They continued. Continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in Do you know what that word prayer means? Supplication. Intercession is when God's burden is his spirit falls on you, anoints you to pray for God. You and God link up. But supplication is when it comes from you and your hunger and out of your desire and out of your heart. They received... A book of Acts experience, but the Bible says they continued. They continued.
continued in prayer, meaning they continued in hunger. They said, we're glad for what happened in the upper room, but we're not satisfied with just simply an upper room experience. But I believe there's got to be more. But watch this. What This is what happens to us. Ready? Jeremiah 2, verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold the water. We have become addicted to preaching and teaching. And this is not, I'm going to, I'm probably going to get in trouble before the night is over because the bishop's not here and the pastor, senior pastor's not here. And I'm sure I'm going to get myself in trouble, but it won't be the first or the last. I promise you that. I have not learned how not to walk that line. I guess one day I'll learn, but I'm going to walk it as close as I can tonight. Okay. So if I get in trouble, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. But we become addicted to preaching and teaching because we don't have the hunger to get anything on our own. So the only way we can get something is we've got to go get under somebody else's cloud. We've got to go find somebody else that's got rain because they've been digging out some wells and all we've got is just a little bucket a sister and so we've got to go to church so we can lift up our bucket and admit I don't have anything so pour in me and hopefully I can make it to next week but John says out of your belly shall flow a river of living water not the preacher not the singer but something inside of you that flows out of you we don't need another word from God We've got words from God stacked up like cordwood out back. We don't need any more. We've got to have something in an individual all over this place, not just the preacher or the congregation leader or the care group leader or whomever is in leadership, but every one of us, our own personal responsibility. It's got to start Say, you know what? It's not my mother, not my father, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I know what time of year it is. I know it's the, it's the end of July. We're right smack in the vacation season. Everything going on. But God doesn't take a vacation. And why do we have to keep waiting? I said this Sunday morning, forgive me for those of you that were there to heard me say this. I'll repeat it again. But I had to check my own self because in my mind, I'm gearing up, praying, seeking the Lord. I'm thinking, you know, we're going to, in the fall, in the fall, in the fall, we're going to do this. In the fall, we're going to do that. And when it comes around to the fall, we're going to do this. And, and I just kept pushing it to the fall. And I'm like, what are we doing? Could it not come to church in July and August? Because, you know, God can't move in the summertime. 
many of you, how many in here tonight were saved in either June, July, or August? There you go. Look at that. Look around. There's some incredible people that are raising their hands that were saved in June, July, and August. Right when God was going to the Bahamas, these people got saved. But the Bible says when they received something, they didn't get satisfied with what they had, but they continued for more. God forbid, Antioch, that we have become a church of cisterns and not a church where you have the ability, when you walk out of this place, to find a place on your own that says, God, I need fresh word, fresh manna from you. Not, but not through somebody, but you and me. God, if we could just get about 10% of you that would get hungry enough and stop being just satisfied with just, let's just keep going and wait. Maybe it's around the corner. Maybe it's around the corner. Well, Lord, you promised that we were going to have this. You promised we're going to have, we just keep kicking the can down the road. We just keep waiting for this magic. You know what? Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. I know I feel it. I can feel it crawling. I got that trouble bug crawling up my back. You know what we've become? We, we have stopped using the supernatural for what it was intended for. We have started using the supernatural like some people use diet pills. Because they don't want to stop going by McDonald's. So give me a pill that will help me lose weight while I don't have to change anything I'm doing. So you know what? I want to come to church. In my mess, with my attitude, with all the junk in my life, I want to come to church and I want the preacher to call down fire from heaven that will change me and I don't have to do anything. And God sits back and says, you're serious, right? You're serious. You know what? You you go out and buy your child a hundred dollar pair of sneakers. The next day they're outside running in the dirt, jumping in mud puddles, playing all over the place. They come back inside them hundred dollar sneakers look like they are trash. But you go let that kid get fourteen years old and go go to McDonald's and get a little job. Start putting money away a little bit. $5 here, $10 here, $15 here. By the time he gets his little $100 from all the work he put in, he goes down to Foot Locker and says, give me a size 8 and here's $100. When he takes them shoes back home, every mud puddle between here and there, that joker is designed. Whoa, watch out now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can't do that. Hey, little Jimmy, go brush your teeth. I can't brush my teeth tonight, Mom. What do you mean you can't brush your teeth tonight? I don't have a toothbrush. Where's your toothbrush? Well, you know, I got a little speck on my shoe. And, well, you know, Mom, these are $100 pair of sneakers. They can't have any dirt on them. So I, I kind of took my toothbrush and I had to clean them because they're... Those are a hundred dollar pair of sneakers. And mom, you know I can't have junk on my sneakers. 
Wait a minute. When I bought you the sneakers, you didn't care about any of it. But now you, now you're worried about every little dot, every little speck, every little... Do you know why God doesn't just open it up and give it to us? Because we'd be out in the mud puddle tomorrow dancing around because we don't care about it. If he gave it to us like it is. All the junk we're involved in, we wouldn't change that. All the stuff we're letting in our spirits, we wouldn't change that. Why should we? But all of a sudden now you say, God, I'm hungry for something deeper. And then you start separating things and you're like, so you know what? Listen, it may be wrong. It may be right. I don't really care about that. But I know this right here is, is taken away from me getting to where. And you start separating things and you start sacrificing a little bit. And no longer are you going out because you're now praying. And no longer are you you're laying down at 10 because you're praying. And now you're getting up at 7. You're getting up at 6 because you're praying. You're seeking God. And boom. You come to church, he puts it on you. Now, you're not just going to walk out there and flip it around and say, you know, I just got something from God tonight. It's just, you know, just these old $100 pair of sneakers. Now, you get a hold of it. You grab it. You hold it close to you. When someone comes up to you and wants to gossip, you say, no, no, no. You can go find somebody else to talk to. I've got something in me i got to protect. See, we don't like that. We don't. My flesh don't like that. My flesh wants to say, okay, tell me, you know, come to church, raise my hand, say a few hallelujahs, a few amens, sing a few songs, and it's going to happen. You know, because all that stuff you're asking... I don't know about all that. That's a little too much for me. My flesh doesn't like that. My, my, flesh, my flesh doesn't like to be cornered. My flesh doesn't like to be told. No, my flesh doesn't like to be put in, put, put over to the side and say, no, it's not about you right now. And all of a sudden now, you start talking about this. And, and we're not fighting devils all of a sudden now. Wait a minute. You know, you can preach and talk about fire and the Holy Ghost and revival and all that. But don't mess with my life. Boy, this is fun, man. I'm telling you, I'm having a blast. It may be Thursday night, but this is a lot of fun. It may be the last Thursday night they let me loose, but it's been fun while it's lasted. And I, 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 I was on my way to church tonight. My whole family's sick. I've been sick. And I was on the way to church tonight, and my head is pounding. I can't breathe. And I'm away, and I'm, I, I felt kind of the Lord just kind of impressing me to listen. You just follow me. We'll go. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you better, you better show up. Don't leave me hanging. Please, please, God, please. I've got no fallback plan. Please, I can't sing for an hour and a half. I can't. It might be the record service. I know the Mother Wright got a show in last week. I said we might beat that record by an hour. But on the way to church, the Lord put something in my mind. 
don't know if it's for one person, 10 people. I don't know. We got like 250 here tonight. I don't know if it's for everybody. I don't know. But he put something in my, and, and I saw a dam. And, and, and behind this dam, I saw this abundant amount of water. But in front of the dam, I just saw this little trickle coming out. And in my, my, my spirit, it was just a quick glance. and I, It was a glance and the Lord just kind of dropped it in. It's one of those things. It's amazing how God works. If you never experienced this, as you grow in the Lord and you, and you begin to be sensitive to Him. For me, I don't know how it works for you, but for me, sometimes the Lord talks to me. It's like something that's just dropped in me and it's, it's, it's almost more like a memory than a thought. You know the difference between memories and thoughts? Because a, a thought, it's like something there, but a memory is like some you go in the file and you pull it out and you and it, that's why some God sometimes God puts this in my spirit. And it's not like a thought in the front of my mind, but it's almost like a memory out of the recess. And he put this in my my spirit. I saw this picture. And, and, and as I was looking at this picture in my in my in my spirit, I I, I just it all the pieces kind of come together and, and I felt someone praying and as they prayed I saw rain fall but as the rain fell it only filled up the one side of the dam even more but you couldn't see any visible change on the other side of the dam and and as I as I'm driving I felt impressed Upon the, upon the Holy Ghost to tell somebody in here tonight, I don't know who you are, but you have been seeking God. You've been seeking Him. Maybe not perfectly, but you've been seeking Him. And God has been pouring things, but there's a blockage that has kept you from seeing the fruit of that. Let me drop this just, just right out there and let you just chew on it for a second. The Bible says that Jacob was alone and wrestled with a man. He was alone all by himself and wrestled with a man. Now I've heard some preach that he wrestled with God. But at the end of that, if you wrestle with God... You don't win. And the Bible says he wrestled with a man even though he's alone. It didn't say, it wasn't a mis, uh, a, 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 a misprint there. Because a lot of say, well, he wrestled with angels. What if that whole thing that Jacob went through the night when he wrestled with a man, he wasn't wrestling with God saying, God, I'm not leaving here till you bless me. Like a two-year-old stomping out of the room because he'd get his way. He didn't wrestle with an angel because, I'm sorry, natural versus supernatural? You ain't walking out of that fight. I'm telling you right now. Then who did he wrestle with? If he was all by himself, but he still wrestled a man, who was the only man there? Jacob. 
So that whole thing that we put on this about Jacob having this great match with God and God, you're going to bless me or I'm not leaving here. And God blessed him and knocked his hip out of socket. Oh, that was great. No, you know who Jacob was wrestling with all night long? He was wrestling with himself. And he said, God, don't let me out of this fight until I have beaten my opponent. And when Jacob, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. When Jacob beat Jacob, he killed the old Jacob and the new Jacob walked out as Israel. You can't go to war with yourself and win through the power of the Holy Ghost and the grace of God without God stepping in and say, listen, I'm taking the old man and you're coming out as a brand new man. Right before this, I'm giving away all my good material. Man, I got a brilliant bag. Right before that, he had the dream, right? Put his head on the rock. Went to sleep. And he said, it's all this vision of this ladder to heaven. But then it said something very peculiar. It says, and he perceived angels ascending and descending. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rewind the tape there, Brother Jacob. Aren't angels supposed to go from here to here back to there? But you perceived angels going from here to there and back. So if he saw them ascending and then descending, where did they originate from? They had to start from here to go there. But then you peel back the layer and this is just my, I'm not trying to give you some doctor. I'm just throwing this out there. Don't, you know, you don't have to go post it on the internet. If you don't believe it, that's between you and Jesus. I'm just throwing this out there for you to chew on and study for yourself. But that word angel, that word angel is a messenger or priest. Who's in the priesthood in the New Testament? I'm looking at him. So Jacob perceived these messengers going from earth to heaven and back down to earth. Do you know what that tells me and you? Because what what was that place called? Oh, come on, Bible scholars. What was it? Where was that at? What does the name Bethel mean? House of God. 
a house of God. So do you know what that means for you and me? Again, this is Joel Wright commentary. Do you know what that means for you and me? When we come to Bethel, I know we're supposed to be the church, and I understand all that, and that's all scripturally correct, but let's be honest, this place has been set aside to be a house of God. It doesn't make it wrong. We're not backslidden. It is a house of God. There's nothing that goes on in here other than church events and and spiritual events. Well, weddings, but hey, spiritual events. Go look in the Bible. Jesus went to weddings. So spiritual things. So what does that mean for you and me? Is that we have the opportunity when we come together in Bethel to have an opportunity to ascend to a place where we can't get outside of Bethel. And watch what happens when you ascend into the heaven, into the throne room, into the heart and mind of God. Revelation begins to take place. And what is revelation? Revelation is where you take the mysteries of the Bible and through revelation is revealed to you by the Holy Ghost because the Bible says the Holy Ghost shall guide you or lead you into all truth which means there's some things you can't get just because you're smart there's got to be some stuff that goes beyond your A's and your B's and your C's and your D's where the Holy Ghost steps in and says listen you'll never figure this out on your own but watch this The curtain goes back and all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness. And you know what happens? Revelation takes the complexity of the supernatural and makes it simple for the natural. Oh, I'm going to say that back again. Revelation takes the complexity of the supernatural. Come on, let's just be honest for a moment. It's just us here tonight. Let's be honest. Angels flying all over the place, but you can't see them, but they're in here, and they got fight, sword fighting with demons, and then you got a God that's in this place that we're singing to, we can't see. Then this other little guy with horns and a pitchfork called the devil walking around trying to kill us all. It's crazy. And then, let's go a little farther. I want you to lift your hands, close your eyes, begin to worship in this spirit of this God. What God? It's a God. The God. Well, can I see him? No, but he's there. Raise your hands, close your eyes, begin to worship. His spirit's going to come in you. When you feel that spirit begin to move in you, that's going to be his spirit. And you just yield to Yield to what? Yeah, you just yield to it. And when you yield to that, there's this language that's going to, you do what? Oh, and then when that happens, we're going to take you back to this spa we got in the back. We got marble. It's heated. We've got robes, towels. 
we got assistants that will wipe you off. Hey, we can set a Manny and a Petty out there. We would be in business. But you go, you go back to the spa. And you step in the spa. And we're going to lay you down in that water. And when you come out of that water, all the things you've ever done in your life that were displeasing to God are going to be washed away. What? Run that back. I'm going to get in some water. At least that's good water. Some of you can testify when you got in the water, it wasn't so good. Some water I've baptized in, they were doing scientific experiments in the water as we were baptizing. I'll never forget. We were in the middle of construction and doing a bunch of stuff. And the baptismal had been sitting out for a while. And I had to baptize this person. And I got there a few minutes early. And I pulled off the lid. And I looked down and I'm thinking, that doesn't look right. And I am not joking. This is the truth before God. I got an ink pen out. And on the surface of the water, I wrote my name. There was that much grease floating and oil and everything else. I could write my name on top of the water and could read it. Needless to say, I made sure to scoop all that off before they got in there. But to think about that for a moment. We're going to step into some water. And then we're going to have a, a name of a guy who died 2,000 years ago on some tree called over us because he's supposedly risen and living somewhere and we're going to call this name over us. And when you come up, you're going to feel all good inside. I can't explain that scientifically. I can't explain how that happens scientifically. It don't make sense, do you know? But when the spirit of revelation hits you and heaven is revealed to earth, now you begin to understand that that water is not simply water, but that water is the blood of Jesus Christ shed 2,000 years ago. That when I go in that water, all things will be passed away. Behold, all things when they knew, when I lift my hands to heaven, it's no longer me praying, but the Spirit of God prays through me. Revelation. And why is that important? That's important because we come into Bethel and we ascend into heaven to get revelation so that when we come back, God can take the complexity of the supernatural and bring it down to our own personal experience and own level so that in return, we 
like the proverbial mother bird that goes and finds the meal and chews it up and digests it so he can give it to that small babe so that they could take it because their stomach is not developed enough to handle the big stuff. So it's got to go through a cycle. You, the mother, the church, the mother has to get the things from heaven because you've come into Bethel and you ascended. But as you ascend and you walked in the throne room and you saw the heartbeat of God, the burden of God and the mind of God. But then when we shut this thing down and you descend back to earth, you're not walking out of here going, well, that was nice. That was neat. Ooh, that was a cool service. But you're walking out of here with the ability to say to the prostitute, the drug addict, the addicted, to say to them, God is able to set you free because I've been in Bethel. That's why this mumbo jumbo of, well, you don't need to go to church. You don't need to stay home. You be the church at home. You know, it doesn't work, Jack. You got to get in Bethel. And when you get in Bethel, you begin to ascend and descend. But it doesn't even matter. When you have that Bethel experience, it makes you want to go a little farther and get in a wrestling match with yourself. Because you see, when you get a taste of what God can do, something, it's like me, I'm sorry, I know this sounds funny, but it's true. I tell my wife, please, please, for my sake, for the sake of me, I'm begging you, please do not buy any cookies in this house. I mean that seriously. Don't buy. She said, "Well, the kids really like them." I say, "Buy the nasty kind. Stop buying the good kind. Stop coming home with the family pack side of Chips Ahoy. Get the oatmeal raisin or whatever other stuff you want. Stop buying that." She said, "Why? Because I have a problem." I tried to talk myself out of it, but I go and, and literally, this is no joke. She went to, we went, we stopped by Walmart last Saturday and she come out and she said, I bought a few things. And I said, okay. So we got home. Sure enough, I opened up one of those bags and there it was staring at me, a family size package. I was like, what did you, well, the, well, the kids really like them. I said, I know, but I do too. And I'm bigger than them. And I'm, I, it's a, I need prayer because here's what happens. It started Saturday night. I walk into the kitchen and I feel this voice from the pantry. Joe. You the cookie monster coming to get you. <laughs> and I couldn't resist it. And I walk back. And then here I go, I pop over the package, I tell myself, all right, it won't hurt, just have one, just one. So I popped open the package, popped that one, walked away, put it in my mouth, savored it for a few moments, walked upstairs, and that voice calling from the wilderness, prepare ye the way. And I said, well, you know what? What can one more hurt? One more, really, not 
I walked back down. Got one more. Ate that. I said, you know that guy? Come on, Joe. You got to step it up, buddy. You can just resist the devil. He shall flee. I walked back upstairs. This is no joke. Go back upstairs. I said, well, I've already had two cookies. I've already just blown it. Oh, why not? I walk down. I get five. I said, I'm tired of going up and down the steps. I take my five. I go in there Wednesday. I don't know how many cookies is in there. Probably, what, 50, 60? I go in there Wednesday. I had eaten the entire package. Because for me, it's hard to stop with just a little bit. Because the more I taste it, the more it calls to me. And I get heaven more. So the only way I know how to stop it is just not even put it there. I don't understand how people can come in contact with God and step into the presence of God and have the Spirit of God touch you. But then walk away and say, well, one cookie's good enough for me tonight. I don't need any more. There should be something down inside of you that says, if he can do this on a Thursday night, what can he do on another night? I felt my spirit, whoever you are tonight, that that dam in your life, it's not the devil hiding you from your destiny. It's not God keeping you. It's that dam is you. And you can call for the supernatural to come down. All it's going to do is bring more rain that's going to back up. And you know what the greatest enemy to a dam is? Pressure. Pressure. And some of you are under so much pressure. And actually, instead of the presence of God making you feel better, the presence of God just gets you more agitated. Oh, I'm stepping on somebody. I feel it right now. I can feel it. And you come to church and God moves. But instead of you leaving victorious, you leave more defeated. Because all it does is you get in the presence of God. He rains down, but all of a sudden it just brings more pressure to your dam. And God's got all this stuff that has come down and has collected but the dam in your life is keeping you from allowing that to come in for, to fruition and you see the way you help a dam is you got to let a little water flow out a little water flows out kind of helps bring the pressure so you know what every once in a while 
I feel a little bit. I get a little blessed. You know, every once in a while, I, I, you know, I speak in tongues a, a few minutes. I, I get a few goosebumps. So I say, man, I get touched by the, by, the, by, the, by the preaching of the word or by singing. But that's all I get. I never get that, 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 that explosion. I never get that victory. I never, I never experience that freedom. I'm always living under this pressure. And it seems like the farther I go, it's getting more miserable. And then all of a sudden, then we start trying to look around for the problem. Well, you know, the church would do this better, and the church would do that better, and the preacher would preach this better. They would sing this better. And if I'm going to get a prettier wife or a better-looking husband or a bigger house, a smaller house, a better car, a slower car, a faster car, better clothes, uglier clothes, clothes that fit, clothes that don't fit, i got to get all this stuff because that will help me relieve this pressure. But the worst thing in life is to get what you think you want only to find out it's not what you want. There's nothing more disheartening in life than to get something only to realize that getting it was more of a disappointment. And you get all this pressure built up and you're searching everywhere and God tonight sent me to tell you you need to have a Jacob moment you need to find a place by yourself and say God don't let me out of this until you bless me not because you've got this wrestling match with God You know, I've heard people say, I ran for God for 15 years. I'm like, you could run? Well, when did we get that option? Or I told God no. I'm like, you could tell God. How did you get that answer? I didn't see that on the test. I saw one answer. It was bold. Blinking lights. Yes. that's, That's the way we look at it. Well, you got to have that, that Jacob moment that says, God, don't let me out of this until you bless me. Until you finally have that wrestling match with that man. I don't mean that gender specific. I'm talking about that man inside of you, that you. You have that wrestling match with yourself that changes you. And when you're able to step out of that, do you see? There was rain that fell all the way back in Genesis when God said to Abram, I'm going to make you a great nation. Didn't have any children, didn't have anything. So I'm going to make you a great nation. It's going to be as many as the sands in the, in, 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 in the sea and, in the, in the, and stars in the sky. He said, I'm going to change your name to Abraham. Then we go a little farther, then we got Isaac. Then we finalize with Jacob. And we've got all of this promise, all of this outpouring promised. But it become backlogged by a dam. 
a dam called Jacob. And Jacob had to come to the point where he was able to get alone with God and wrestle with a man. But when he wrestled with that man and that victory was won that night, the dam was removed because he was no longer Jacob. He was what? Israel. He became the fulfillment of the Abraham promise. Can I be honest with you tonight in the Holy Ghost? And there are, there are men above me I'm submitted to. If, if I'm wrong in this, they can correct me. And hopefully they'll watch this so they can correct me if I'm wrong. But can I tell you this tonight? We've got an Abraham promise, but we need a Jacob moment. Antioch has an Abraham promise, but you've got to have a Jacob moment. There are some of you in this place tonight that have Abraham promises. Promises of, what is, what is Abraham promise? Promises of greatness. Promises of the things God are going to do to, through you. That he gave to you when you had nothing. You're going to be a great nation, Abraham. How can I be a nation? I don't even have a child. You're going to be a great nation. And God stepped in your life some of you many years ago and said, this is what I'm going to do to you. And you said, God, how can you do that to me? I can't even walk straight, talk straight, look straight. And God put this Abraham blessing on you, this Abraham promise. But now the problem is, in order for the Abraham promise to come to fulfillment, you've got to have a Jacob moment. Because the Jacob moment is when you finally come face to face with the true enemy. It's not the devil. It's not the destiny. It's not the, 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 the demons lurking behind the corner ready to prance out and get you. Because the Bible says if you've got the name of Jesus, you've got anything it takes to overcome any opposition. It doesn't matter if you've been in the church for 40 years or you just got baptized, you're still wet. If you got the name of Jesus, the Bible says that the demons are subject to you. So it's not the devil's the problem. And it's not God sitting up there with a fishing pole dangling out there saying, come on, come on, can you want it? I know you want it. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Okay, let me show you it again. No, 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 no. Uh, no. Oh, no, this is too far. No, no. Hey, 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 Gabe, Mike, come over here, buddy. You guys got to watch this. Look at these people. They're really hungry. No. So if it's not the big spooky devil, and it's not the honorary God, then what is it that's keeping you and me from getting to where we need to be? It's Jacob. Because you can't have Israel until you defeat Jacob. I know this the Holy Ghost because I got no notes and nothing. I'm just flowing with it. I got to go back and check all this to make sure it's right. You're laughing. I'm serious. And some of you are trying to get to Israel without ever having a Jacob moment. And just like that little boy with a $100 pair of sneakers, God's not going to give his blessing to somebody that's not going to cherish it. 
Because you see, every day that Israel walked around with that hip, you mean to tell me that was the last time he had to ever face anything in his life? Absolutely no. No. But that hip reminded him of the sacrifice it took for him to get there. And every time something crept up in his mind and says, you know what, just give it. He said, no, 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 I paid too high of a price for this. That's why I don't understand people that have given 20, 25, 30, 35 years to all this, but then walk away. Why are you going to throw away all of that life? Why are you going to give all that away? You should have left what? I mean, come on, leave. You should have left after Brother Bishop. They should have left when they came out of the water. Why are you going to stick around for 30 years and then finally say, well, you know, I guess it's not going to work out. 30 years. That's a lot of living to just throw away. Jacob. Or Israel walked around that hip for the rest of his life. And every day he got, and it was a cold morning. Ever since my surgery on my hip, they fixed all that junk in there. And once in a while I get up in the morning, it takes a little bit to get going. And it doesn't matter how far away I've got from that surgeon, those of you can have worse things than me that can relate to this. You remember that hip had surgery. I had surgery. I, I remember that because I, I, I remember that. Every time he got up in the morning, made his cup of coffee over the fire. <laughs> he remembered that hip. Every time he felt that hip, he remembered that Jacob moment. And every once in a while, God lets a little more trickle out have you ever been out years ago? Uh, I was able to be at the Hoover Dam out in, in Nevada. And one time when they did a water test and you could see the water when they were doing the water tests and they were just shooting water out. It was amazing to watch. And once in a while God does that because he's just that loving to us. He just turns on the faucet and just gives us a big old baptism of it. And we think, man, this is wonderful. But all of a sudden the valve goes down and we're left with the trickle facing the dam but if you would have a book of acts hunger with your book of acts experience that says I'm thankful for my upper room but I'm going to continue steadfastly in supplication and God through his love and mercy there's two things that we do either you fall upon the rock or the rock falls on you most of us the rock falls on us. And God in his mercy brings that rock, whatever difficulty, whatever trial it is, he brings that rock and drops it on us to bring us to that alone place. Why do you think in our deepest, darkest places of life, when it's our most struggle, we feel the most alone? Because he doesn't take us there to punish us. He takes us there for a Jacob moment. And you can't have a Jacob moment if you're with a bunch of people because you've got to have a Jacob moment when you're all by yourself. You can't have a Jacob moment up here at the end of church. You can't do it. You can't do it. 
You can't have a Jacob moment at the end of a powerful message when God touched you and there's nothing wrong with that and you come down and you pour yourself out. That, that only gets the hunger stirred. The Jacob moment's got to happen when you're all by yourself. There's no safety net under you. It's just you and him and you say, God, I'm not saying this because I'm in church and I'm supposed to say this. I'm saying this because I'm all by myself. God, don't let me out of this until you bless me. Give me that Jacob moment. We pray, God, use me. God, use me. God, use me. He said, I'll use you. But you got to have a Jacob moment. You can't experience what God has called you to be and bypass your Jacob moment. Can we close our eyes just for a moment? And right where you are, can you just ask the Lord? This is not about an emotional response, but can you just be honest with God and say, God, if what you're doing in my life right now is trying to bring me to the Jacob moment of my life, then God, I'm praying, don't let it stop until you've blessed me. God, I, want, I don't want this damn that's in my life to keep me from what you've promised in my life. You can rebuke the devil all you want. You can bind it. You can blame it. You can, you can put the pressure on God. Say, well, you know, God, just God's bringing me to my destiny. You can do everything you want to try to talk yourself out of that Jacob moment. But you've got to have that Jacob moment. But when you have that Jacob moment, you go from being a Jacob to being an Israel. And you know what? You may lose some things in the process. You may... You may have a hip that pops out of joint every once in a while that's stiff on a cold morning and may be a little uncomfortable, but that's only left in you to remind you of the price you paid to get to where you are. Father, you have met us here tonight. You have met us here in such a beautiful way. And God, I'm asking you, Lord, by your grace to help us walk the path you've called us to walk. God, some of us are so frustrated. Some of us are so at our wits end and we've tried everything but it hasn't worked. God, by your grace, help us to look in the mirror. See the reflection that's back to us and know that we have a war on our hands. But it's not a spiritual war where we're fighting the demons that are our enemies. But it's a war against ourselves. But it's not a war by accident. It's an appointed time that you've called us to because there's promises in us that you want to bring. But we've got to let Jacob die so that Israel can live. In the name of Jesus, I speak hunger and a spirit of revival to rise in our hearts tonight. Let it begin in me tonight, God. Let that spirit of revival and hunger begin in me. Let it begin in me tonight. Start with me, God. Let that hunger and revival begin in my heart and my spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Would you just stand right where you are and just lift your hands to heaven. And just thank the Lord. Can you do that?
Can you just do that? Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you. Father, I give you glory. I give you honor. Thank you for speaking to me tonight, Lord. Thank you for challenging me tonight. Thank you for reminding me tonight about what you've called me to be, but what I've got to do tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for every word that's been spoken. Thank you for every move of your spirit that has confirmed. Thank you, Lord, for the freshness of your spirit that has met us here tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, praise God. Praise God. Really quickly, if you just give me just 30 seconds. This Saturday, July 25th, from 6 to 8 p.m., is a youth service, cookout, and water balloon fight. So those of you that are in, uh, uh, in the youth, what is the ages? Brother Isaac, I thought I saw him here earlier. Okay. Anybody know the ages? 13 to 18. So 13 to 18, you have a youth service tonight uh, on Saturday night, 6 to 8, with cookout and water balloon fight to follow. Just a little note. Don't wear white. We don't need to see that. Don't wear white. Just keep that between you and Jesus. We'll be okay. We'll be good. Praise God. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. The ushers are going to stand at the... Brother uh, Walt, you're going to stand at where where Brother Benner is. Uh, Brother Alders, you're going to stand where Brother Johnson is. You're not going to let them go by you. If they go on the outside, chase them down. Brother Owens is stationed over here. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to trust you. We're going to pray. I'm going to trust you. As you leave, you would give. And we're not going to go through the whole marching. And we got no music. And I'm a terrible beatboxer. So we're not even going to try all that nonsense. I'm going to trust you in Jesus to give as you walk out tonight as we dismiss. Father... We thank you once again for your great presence that has been in this place, the way you've spoken to us, the way you've moved in us, through us, and among us. Father, I pray right now that you would speak to our hearts and minds and spirits as we give in this offering, that you would bless it. Bless those that are giving. Lord, speak blessing into their life now. I release blessings into their life. I bind the devourer in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we worship you in giving, God, you said you would give it back to us, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And we claim that tonight in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Two things real quick. This is like the Kentucky Derby waiting for the bell to ring. They're in the gate. Two things. Shake somebody's hand and give in the offering and you can go home. Amen. If you're not going to do that, you're going to stay here for a while. We're going to check your badge at the door. God bless you.